like the show? Want to listen to episodes early? Consider becoming a patron. Starting at the $3 a month level, patrons get access to a custom patron-only feed where we put out episodes of Upstairs Studio podcasts like the Child Care Bar and Grill, Miss Becky's Classroom, That Early Childhood Nerd, the Renegade Rules podcast, and others early. That feed is just for patrons. You could be one of them. Go to patreon.com slash playvolutionhq or click the link in the show description to learn more. Hey everyone, it's Heather. I know you're here to listen to the podcast, but did you know I also offer all kinds of online consulting services? Stuff like webinars, book studies, curriculum training and consultation, and even companion activities for podcast episodes to use for staff development. If you're interested, you can check out my website at www.thatearlychildhoodnerd.com or you can email me at heather at thatearlychildhoodnerd.com. Thanks for listening. Grab your highlighters. Can't find them? They're probably right there in your pocket protector. It's time for that Early Childhood Nerd Podcast. Let's get nerdy. Here's Heather. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of That Early Childhood Nerd. I'm Heather Burnt Santi, and she is Lisa Murphy. I am. <laughs> All day long. All day. <laughs> Um, so we're going to continue our conversation about the role of the adult during play, um, as discussed in the book, The Play's the Thing, subtitle, what is it? Teacher's Roles in Children's Play. By Elizabeth Jones and Gretchen Reynolds. I can never remember the the second part of the title. (laughs) The subtitle. Yeah, so that's your job, I guess, is to remember the second part. Um, but at least I have both authors now. So, so that's so in a previous episode, we talked about the first two stage manager and mediator. And today, for sure, in this episode, we're going to talk about the teacher teacher as player, teacher as player. Mm -hmm. So again, here is our overarching quote for this convert these conversations. Adults who cannot enter into a playful context often create misery for themselves and others. (laughs) Strong language. (laughs) Strong. <laughs> but necessary for some. Misery. Um, some. And uh, just another suggestion that perhaps sometimes our adult behaviors contribute to the things that make us crazy about children's behaviors. Shut up. <laughs> That's true. Bold, bold new statement, I know. <laughs> so the, so we're going we're gonna to talk about the teacher as a player. So the first question of this, the first sentence is a question. Uh, when should an adult participate in children's play? Right. And I, I would venture to guess that you could say that one statement at any workshop that you ever do, and the room would get divided within 10 Fast. seconds. Fast, yeah. Fast. Yeah. Because I, I, I really do believe this is a, an opinionated, uh, emotionally charged mm-hmm. uh, a comment or, or something to chat about, a topic right. even. Um I have never been inclined to join their play. Uh-huh. Um, and, and even when I was invited, I, I would find an exit route <laughs> because 
Um, and I think if I didn't want to, it's just that even and, and I'll own this. And even if it sounds like, look at me, um, <laughs> even before I knew better, I never felt that was uh-huh. my job. You know, I, I might have felt that it was my job to bring them to circle time, but I never felt it was my ter- my my job to like play with mm-hmm. them. It was my job to set up an environment where they yeah. could do that. And so I, I'm sort of in the middle. Um, I, you know, I hear people saying you shouldn't get involved at all. You should just be off setting up the scene, you know, kind of what you're describing. And I've seen the people who are so disruptive and, and bossy yeah. about trying to be part of children's play. I, I love to be part of the play and I'm not saying that I don't think you would love to be part of the play. Um, and, uh, but, but I, I try not to be intrusive. I, it's only if it sort Correct. of comes, comes about naturally, if I'm invited or, um, I'm just kind of there when it happens and I take on a role as one of the players. Yep. Um, but I, I try very hard not to be, um, not to, not to impose my own you agenda know, in that. And I think that's really hard. You know what I people. just thought of while you were talking is that I, I almost wonder if sometimes I know you, I know you have a, an issue with the word scaffolding, <laughs> but I know I've not the by word, how it's used by some. I, okay. <laughs> how it's used in, yeah, perhaps incorrectly. Um, I know that I have walked by and maybe subtly contributed mm-hmm. to something with an active intention or an observation uh-huh. that I've made. Now, would an outside observer call that perhaps entering the play or teacher as player? Perhaps, but I don't see yeah. it as that. Like, I see it as extending what might be going on. Yeah. So scaffolding, really, in that sense. But but not with a value-driven, like what you were just saying, not in a I, I need it to go in this direction kind of addition, right. but maybe something like, I'm noticing that that tower, I, you know, and yeah. I don't even know if I, this is what's jumping in my head. Cause I don't know if I would say that, but it's like, it's like plopping something into what you're seeing with a 100% rationale mm-hmm. and intention. I've definitely, I think, um, added a prop and said, I just wonder if this would, would help. Or so, you know, for example, there yeah. was, there was one week, uh, several months ago in the, in the preschool where they were um, pretending to be camping. And so they, we mm-hmm. have window seats in the classroom and they had pulled the cushions off and those were their sleeping bags. And um, they kind of cleared out the dramatic play area and turned it into this campsite. And so I plopped a couple uh, orange cones in in there and like little traffic cones like I wonder what you guys might do with this as you're camping and they of course turned it into a campfire um because it was orange orange. and pointy like flames (laughs) which is of course the idea I had and but I tried you know I just kind of plopped it in to see if that's where they would go with it um but that's pretty rare even for for me to say oh here's here's my idea what might you do with my idea (laughs) yeah I reread the chapter last night because I I knew we'd unpacking it and and I found myself coming back again to my uh-huh. three questions you know if you are going to enter the play what are you doing why are you doing it and and who is because you were frozen but I don't know if I was frozen nope, we're back you were frozen <laughs> okay. but we're back we're back. Yeah. So your three questions. Um, so I, I do. I ask. Yeah. I ask myself those three questions, and 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 it still needs to be grounded in the relationship, right? right. And, you know, I I might make a real time in the heat of the moment judgment call to 
to plop something, to add something, to suggest something, but it's not like this is what I always do, right? right. It's that flexibility. It's what do I know about these children? What do I know about this drama? Have, have they been in this same drama that they've been repeating now for three weeks and maybe with a little bit of a push uh-huh. or a little bit of a suggestion the play goes into a whole new I mean you know the the play purist in me says <laughs> right. don't ever do that yes, exactly um, you know clearly it hasn't gone somewhere else because the kids don't need it to go yeah. somewhere else yeah um you know, so I find myself kind of maybe contradicting contradicting myself yeah. uh, under under this teacher as uh-huh. um, I think what I err on the side of is bringing a sense of playfulness yeah. to the classroom. Yeah, and I, yeah. you know, the play purist in me even now is like, oh, you shouldn't have said out loud on air that you gave him a traffic cone. Um, and the why I was doing it in that case was because I was curious about what they would do with it. <laughs> um, but you could tell me why. Sure. And, is, you know what I'm saying? Right. It, and it, one of the you, things you... she says, or they say in here, oh, where did it go? Um, oh, God, there's something about building relationships. Oh, yeah. Some join in frequently. Uh, they like to play and they feel that their participation builds relationships with children. Um and, and I, think, I would I would argue that sometimes yes and sometimes right, no. Right. And in that but in that example specifically, I, I would hope that what children would see is that I value their play and I'm watching their play and I want to contribute um, without interrupting or directing. And so I, I just plopped this thing in and that maybe strengthens our relationship. But again, that it, it's so individual and it's so reliant on me being able to reflect on why I'm doing and what I'm doing yeah. and who's, uh, and who's for? it for. Um, so, so maybe that's, uh, you know, me just really seeking to validate what I was going to do anyway. <laughs> 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 but I do think there is an element of relationship building to being part or being close by when they're playing and, and well, letting I'm... them see that I think it's, it's great and their ideas are Fun. Well, I find it interesting that the, the, the book and even our discussion has kind of been focused on what we might call dramatic play mm-hmm. um, or role play, house play, dress up area play. Um, I was told a thousand years ago that if a child ever instigates ball play with you, that is the ultimate sign of them trusting you. Oh, really? Yeah. And so there's that element of play, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. That is a, to me, that's a whole different kind of invitation. Um, And I was even at the beach last week and one of the babies was there and, you know, three and kicking around a ball and has only met me once before and walked up to me and like kicked the ball to me, you know, (laughs) so I'm going to kick that ball back and we're going to, you know, to me, I don't know. And and I would be hard pressed to articulate why I feel that that's different. And maybe that's a takeaway for me. Um, But to me, there's an entirely different feeling with kicking a ball back and forth and then or being told like hey come join our tea party yeah because yeah. this is this or I, I get now I'm like gonna pull Peter Gray out please and I, I know we're talking about this but you know those conditions of play apply between children and between adults and between adult and children mm-hmm. playing together if I'm not wanting to be at the tea party you know it's okay for me to say you know I'm not wanting to be at the tea mm-hmm. party right now However, I would argue that that could backfire big time unless you do have that relationship right. with the children. Because it could, like, if you don't know those kids and they're inviting you in, 
and you're saying you're shutting it down all the time, you know, you could be sending up some really absolutely mixed signals about your willingness to be engaged with the child uh-huh. in general, you know, not, not just right. their play. And so uh, I definitely get pulled into a lot of joining in chase play and ball play when we're out on the playground. Yes. Um, uh, and just, just running, Push me. just Push running me. around the playground with them. Um, that catch me and taking off was an invitation that I very rarely said no to. Um, so, I, but I'm wondering now to tie this sort of back to the Tamar Jacobson and her idea that children seeking attention are really seeking relationship. And then maybe there's an element of that to being invited to join play that we need to think about um, and deciding whether or not this is the time we join or this is the time that we say, no, I'm, I'm going to sit back and watch you or I'm going to be over here. Or, um, mm-hmm. And though, then I'm going to, this is going to be a, a, a podcast of right. inconsistencies <laughs> and contradictions, this particular episode, because the, the mm-hmm. actress in me, the improv mm-hmm. person in me says, you know, the children are natural improvers. The reason why children are so good at that kind of play is because they say mm-hmm. yes. So if I'm now saying no, am I sending really big mixed messages mm-hmm. to the children? You know, and if I am saying no, right. why am I saying no? Because saying yes keeps the energy going. So that's why I was saying, like, I might enter, but I'm, I'm looking, not preoccupied with looking for that exit strategy, but, but, but I'm looking to come in, serve the role that you maybe needed me to serve in this little bit of time. But then my ultimate goal is to make sure this gets back into your uh-huh. hands, uh-huh. which means I might be there for a, a few minutes. I might be there for a second. I might somehow change the direction of the play and then move on and see where it goes. Sometimes I've been mediator in that my participation has allowed a third party to come in and feel uh, like a modeling of how to join Uh the play, how to get an invitation. Which can be really important for some children. Sorry, it's noon. Your siren's going off. That, but my village oh. alarm clock goes, uh, the high alarm goes off every day at noon. Time to go home for lunch. Let's yeah, leave the say, factory. Just like little house on the prairie. Mr. Nelson it is. Except that was a, yeah, it was a whistle. I'm like, I don't think they had no, that electronic no, button. No, no. So anyway, <laughs> back uh, to play. Yeah. No, I'm not sorry for yeah. that at all, actually. Um, so there was another... There was another part where where she's talking, they're talking about, um, so I'll just read it. Inherent in the role of the teacher as player is the risk that the adult will take over directing play that then ceases to be the children's, which we've kind of talked about. But then they say, or will attract children looking for adult attention. And and so I wanted to Mm -hmm. play with that a little bit and see... I wasn't really clear, like, is that is that a warning against it? Because children might be seeking our attention. Well, I think I think filtering that comment through both of our more recent Tamar <laughs> Jacobson understanding yeah. and reading the book, you know, every t- uh, it's hard for me not to substitute the word now. relationship mm-hmm. and connection whenever I read the word attention at this juncture uh-huh. in my career right. um, because of because of that. Um, so I would say maybe perhaps before uh-huh. we kind we of might have, have had that a different conversation, lens, you know, I, mean, I, I 
Yeah. I probably was guilty of yeah. thinking that at various points in my career is like, oh, my God, mm-hmm. he just always wants me to be by him or he always wants me. He's oh, look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Watch me do this. There was one kid. Oh, my God. I can see him like it was yesterday. He would just, all he would do is run in front of me with his <laughs> arms out. Look at me. Watch me do this. And I'd be like, I'm watching. Yeah. You, you know, and so looking back, you know. Not maybe by not shutting it down, I was uh-huh. being playful, but I didn't need. I mean, yeah. I, I think I, I yeah. was meeting his request. Look yeah. at me. I just I think about. Look at me. Um, so so being back with preschool age children after a long time, not with that age. Um, I I encountered a lot of children over the last year who seem to have been conditioned to only play with adults. Yeah, so to where oh, they really? just were so used to um, being in play with a grown-up that it was really difficult. Yeah. Pause. Were they in yes, play with the yes. grown-up or no, were they was, being entertained by yes, a grown-up? Yes, being entertained by a grown-up or being directed by grown-ups that they almost had to relearn exploratory play. Um. Yeah, see, I would actually argue and maybe take you down sure. that rabbit hole that sure. that wasn't yes. no, play you're right to, at all. To make that distinction, I was, um, I hadn't thought that much through it, but uh, you know, so so we had lots of conversations in the early semester, early first semester about one little boy in particular who really just wanted the adults to join him in something over here, and the conversation was always like, well, how can we force him to be more social? And and what I think what I think we learned was by responding and building relationships when he did want us to be one on one in the thing he was directing. He eventually moved out on his own to join in other kinds of play with other children, um, but it was his lead. You know, even when the adults were coming in, and yeah. it was it was, That's it was tricky... because it was seen as such a deficit and a red flag that he only wanted to play with adults. Um, that we really had to process it. And I'm, I'm wondering if there's, if there's people who've done some work, some research or some writing about that, like, is there, is there a strategy for, you know, mm-hmm. doing Legos by me versus mm-hmm. doing now Legos maybe at the table or, or, or yeah. I'm by, or, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I know that some kids like to play by themselves. You know, so maybe they never got that, t- you know, that toddler <laughs> development where it's like a big, uh-huh. we used to they say a big, long cord, right? They yeah. go out, they're independent, they come back for some refueling, right? And then they go back out again. And and depending on the situations children mm-hmm. have been in, right. you know, I think sometimes we're we're backfilling a little yeah. bit, you know, and, and we do get locked on. Oh, my God, but they're four. They're so clingy. Well, man, yeah. maybe that yeah. part so, of their bucket And it's that kind of thing that makes me really yet. hesitant to say and so adults we, should not join play. Um, because of that relationship building piece and that responsive, uh, caring kind of piece that being responsive to what they are telling us they need in the moment. Um, so that's where I go back and forth and around and around. Although I, I do get also on the flip side, very annoyed when I see adults interrupting and trying to direct and trying to teach children to play differently with something they're already into. Well, That's that to me is a whole mm-hmm. like it's a whole another separate layer of the onion. You know, if you and I, I, yeah. I, and I feel like a broken record, but, you know, tell me why you did that. Why did you do that? You clearly interrupted. 
There's a uh-huh. difference between interrupting uh-huh. whose needs are being met. And I think by there, what you just you know, some did. would say, well, his need because he needs to learn. Da 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 da. But but still, at the heart of oh, that God. is our own need. And to who be told a teacher you that to be doing things that are teachery? And and. Well, especially, especially if I drank the big Kool-Aid of being all, if I was uh-huh. at the one end of the spectrum of not being play-based at all, I have been directing the boss of everything. And as I start to break up, perhaps with some of that, there's mm. going to be pieces mm-hmm. of my past style that, that I cling to because it's the yeah. only, <laughs> you've taken everything so else away from me, damn about it. the idea of a teachable moment and how that has been? Sort of. Oh, God. I wrote an article oh, for perfect. the Indianapolis so, yeah, Star a couple years this, ago. How, how that can kind um, of interfere with <laughs> being playful, play-based. I wrote, um, I, I, they got, it was supposed to be published over Father's Day. Well, you know, I have it somewhere. I'll, okay. I'll email it to yeah. you after we can post a link if we remember to do that. But they, um, they, they wanted mm-hmm. it on the front page of like the family oh, section over Father's Day weekend. What I gave them, <laughs> they ended up burying in the back of something. <laughs> shocking. And I remember I wrote it. Outside at a conference in, uh, I don't know why I remember this so randomly. I was in San Antonio and I was sitting on the river rock, river walk, writing this article. And I was so (laughs) proud of my witty self as I wrapped it up saying that the trip to the zoo does not need to be folded, spindled and mutilated into a teachable moment. I think it's one of those phrases that perhaps initially had very good intentions, mm-hmm. but we did just that to it. It is fully accepted. Yeah. Okay, so let me answer with a story. I hired Miss Shannon 100 years ago. <laughs> I don't know if she's listening, but Miss Shannon, Miss Shannon was one of my bestest teachers. Miss Shannon was from Boston, and she decided Beautiful. to keep her accent for forever. And so, you know, it was always oh, fantastic. The kids would be like, you know, where, where are we going? She'd say, we're going to the park. And they were like, don't you mean the park? Oh, it was awesome. One kid actually asked me what country Miss Shannon was from. Oh, my God. I, I died happily inside the whole time she worked for me. Anywho, here's why I hired Miss Shannon. I was doing family chat there. I had seven kids in the program. She walked in because that's how I did interviewing then. I'm like, just you got to just come in and hang out. We'll we'll figure it out. The kids were on their bellies on the patio by the grass, looking at bugs that were crawling. And she plopped herself down in her cutoff jeans <laughs> and her three inch wedge sandals, which she wore every single freaking day. And she laid there with them. She didn't once ask how many there were. She didn't once say, let's count them. She didn't once say, what color are they? She, she uh-huh. was in the moment. And, you know, you can tell when somebody's doing that organically or when they're like, oh, shit, Lisa Murphy's watching. Uh-huh. I should probably not ask any questions. But inside <laughs> their head, they're like, oh, my you God. You can see the twitches. Fighting it all back. Right, you could see the twitch. Oh, shut your mouth. Shut your mouth. I I could tell that this is what Miss Shannon was going to bring to the table. And I said, you know, of course, you have to say legally, you know, barring Uh anything weird coming back from your, you know, your fingerprinting. Uh I said the the job, the job is yours. And and she used to tell people that story. You know, she's this is what it's about, man. You know, could it have been a teachable moment? Well, maybe if after plopping down for two or three minutes, one of the Uh kids said, what kind of bug is that? 
But that's very different than me thinking that I have to somehow bring everything back to some kind of learning opportunity. They are learning. One of the things that they say in this chapter is that children become competent with materials. I think we could say ideas also, even though the book just says materials, not through directed practice, but through exploratory play. Yeah. Um, And so just that idea of exploratory play sort of um, for me sums up why we shouldn't get too involved because we don't know what they're exploring. We don't, we, you know, like exactly. uh, Emily Plank says in the, in the culture of childhood book over and over and over, we're so far removed from, from being that child that we, we can't, there's no way we could, unless we know the child so well and we've really been observing for a while, but just to say that all the time we know what they're exploring and we can build an ad on that. Um, that's a, a big, big assumption. assumption and usually faulty. And it's usually an incorrect. <laughs> it's, it's yeah, correct yeah, assumption. it's usually much more about us than it is about that particular child in the moment. And so, if nothing else, just keeping that in mind, I have no idea what they're really trying to explore here. So, how can I say this is a teachable moment um, for anything? My own. Well, here's agenda. my here's mine. Uh, yes, um, my there's here's the Lisa Murphy thin yes. line with this. I'm not in any way implying that I don't think you should have the ability Mm -hmm. to link it to something. I want everybody to have the ability to go there. Uh Should the situation show you that you you should, could, would go there? Where I get antsy is when you're in a hurry to show us what you Uh know. That to me, that's that's very different. I want everybody listening to your podcast to be able to talk about the chemistry mm-hmm. and the mixing and the non-Newtonian <laughs> fluid and that it's hard and soft and wet and dry. I want you to bring that to the table, but only because somebody uh-huh. is needing you yeah. to bring that to the table. Because it's really relevant. Not because. Yeah. And exactly. And they'll tell yeah, you or they'll just ask your you. Script. Um, you know, I think there are some times maybe when you're playing next to a child, like I think about a sensory table, a lot of times I'm there and I'm doing my own thing and maybe talking out loud about what I see, think, hear, feel. Right. That's very different than intruding into another child's sensory play and trying to change the direction they're going or draw their attention to something else or quiz them. Um, which is so tempting to do. I, I think the big the big idea for this whole discussion of teacher as player is self-awareness and and reflection and being able to be aware of what, why, who. And following their cues. Yeah. Like I really liked I really liked your your sensory tub example mm-hmm. because you know, I, I might have already been there. I'm playing with the sand. I'm playing, I'm pouring it through the funnel, mm-hmm. you know. Partially because I like it, right. uh, and and also because maybe it's set up positionally to where I can now see the entire rest of of the room, uh-huh. you know. So I'm still engaged, but kind of got this this activity going on, and then somebody might join me, mm-hmm. and I might make a passing comment about, you know, this is a different kind of funnel. I haven't seen this funnel in this tub before. Then I'm gonna follow that their lead. Mm-hmm. You know, and you got to read your audience. Right. You know, I might I might know all these fun words that I can attach to what everybody's <laughs> doing. But if the audience doesn't need me to do that, whether the audience is 45 years old or whether they're four uh-huh. years old, uh, my ego doesn't need the stroke of <laughs> I don't need you to know that I know that this is a non-Newtonian fluid. <laughs> You know, yes, yep. But I might be hanging out next to the kid who I know because I've been there for so long that this guy likes big words. Uh huh. 
You know, he is our mixer. He's always mixing stuff up, uh-huh. you know, and then he said, I don't know, we used to call it the word of the day when it would happen organically. And, you know, it'd be like, we would yell out, we would be like, Benjamin has discovered the word of the day. <laughs> no, there was no word of the I day. Love that. Yeah. Yeah. And we just kind of, you know, Benjamin is announcing that the word of the day is suspension. <laughs> So if you're wanting to know what is a suspension, come over to the sensory Yeah, tub. that's great. And that sets a t- and kids will pick up on that and continue it on their own or they'll leave it alone if they or they'll leave it alone. If that was not and important I'm watching to them. the whole yeah. time. Yeah. Time. Yep. Yep. I'm starting to freeze yeah. up again. Dog. I think that's why we go home exhausted. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I'll say one more thing. So much is our own effort that the we don't cerebral. need to be making. Yeah. It's it, Yeah, I think we were talking over each other there for a quick second, but <laughs> I, I think that's why we used to go home exhausted every night was just the, the cerebral effort of, and am I saying this and who is it for and did I go there or should I leave it alone or oops, I overstepped, my brain was exhausted at the end of the yeah, day. Yeah. I thought so it was my body so much. If we had a whole other half hour, we could we could now uh, transition into Bloom's taxonomy and how that fits this conversation. Maybe that's another episode. I also have a complicated relationship with taxonomy. <laughs> well, what what is what does Tiffany say? You have to have Maslow before you can bloom. <laughs> before you can bloom. Yep, exactly. Perfect. Yeah, not at all opposed to any of the bloom stuff, but I think it, you know, needs to be unpacked a little bit. Um, okay, any last thoughts, Lisa, about the teacher as player? No, I I, I think that was a a nice we, unpacking. We did we did it. it. All right. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Even though I didn't want I know, to. It's like running, man. Recording. It's like running. Once you're yes. out there and you come back, you're so glad you did it. I've heard that about running. You've heard that about running. <laughs> my, my physical therapy the therapist the other day asked me, you know, she was doing like a progress report. I'm sure the listeners are fascinated by this. And she was like, so how's running going with your knee? And I was like, why on earth would I run? <laughs> I don't hey, know nobody how chasing going. Me. <laughs> Nobody's chasing me. The knee works fine for walking. That's all I need right now. <laughs> God. All right. Well, thank, thank you, you for, having me for back. talking this through with me. Yay. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Come back for another episode. Bye-bye. And that's the show. Now go get your nerd on. This has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. Oh.